We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 365. Our guest today is a top show jumper who has been competing internationally for many years. He has had incredible success in his first season showing in the U.S. aboard a string of great horses, with wins in Wellington, WEC, Tryon, and more. He is a rider to watch. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Gonzalo Busca. Hi, Gonzalo. Hi, Bethany. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Very thank- good. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Tell me how you first got started in the horse world. Okay. Um, no, one in, no one in my family used to ride. My mom and my dad barely uh, can ride. And I think when I was a child, they used to take me sometimes to a club where the horses were there. And I think it was my favorite place where to go. So I start, I start to ask more and more often, used to go and see the ponies and mm-hmm. see the horses and everything. Until one day, I guess I was old enough to, to, to get my first riding lesson. So, and then, you know, one step uh, went to the next step. And then when I was, uh, I don't know, when I was 16 or 17, uh, after after uh, asking a lot, I think I got my first horse, and then, and then that was it. You know, I wow. think one, one, one step went to the to the next one, and and that was it. You know, but it starts like really like every every child that they take him to the place to to see the horses, to give them carrots, and then and then I was I was the surprised rest is history. By, <laughs> yeah, I was I was surprised by by that amazing animal that that was the horse. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to get involved more and more and more until until now. That's so great. I love that. You've had a very successful summer. You um, spent time in Europe and the U.S. You've uh, What kind of made you decide to show in the U.S. this summer versus showing in Europe? Okay. Uh, most of my horses this year, they were, they were 80 years old. So they were a little bit young to 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 take them to Europe to go to the nice horses to the nice shows sorry with my older horses so it was a bit a bit of a of a hard decision because with my older horses of course it was really it was really motivating to to take them to Europe to to nice to nicer shows but okay at the same time I had three really nice eight year old that they had to take experience so I uh, I was not going to be able to take them to, to those nice shows so I thought uh, it was a better way to produce them to stay a little bit in the U.S. and jump a little bit closer from home. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, of course, I was also I was very motivated because we have uh, Ocala really close from the stables in Florida. And Ocala is, is a great place and is an amazing place to produce the horses with super footing, with super set of fences, nice builders. So it's a show of a great quality that is just, four hours from from home so Mm -hmm. i thought it was going to be more interesting from from the younger for the younger horses to stay a little bit in the area than much traveling at the end with less opportunities to take good experiences for them 
Right. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And well, if you had to say, what would be, what would you say is the biggest difference between showing in the U S versus Europe? Uh, I think the price money, price money is much better in the, in the yeah. U S we okay. have great, we have great facilities uh, close from home. Like this summer I was showing between Wellington, Tryon and Ocala, three, three re- really, really nice venues. And, and those three places that they had uh, really good money prices. So, so that, that's really good, you know. In Europe, to get to the, to the same uh, price list, you have to go really to the top shows and, okay, and good riders and, you know, di- really, really difficult to, to get on those, mm-hmm. those classes and to, and, to, and to win that kind of money. Right. Do you feel like you've done anything differently this summer to be as successful as you have been? What, what have you changed your approach at all going into this last summer season? No, no, I don't think so. I just try to understand my horses better every day. Uh, I think for sure they are protagonist. The protagonist in in, in our sport, the, the horses. You know, mm-hmm. we can be as good as as they are. You know, and and, and I try to understand them better every day and see what they need what what it suits them better and how i can keep them happy how can i keep them motivated and so i i try in my day my day or my you know my every day i try that, that they stay happy they stay motivated and they and they are, they are as happy as i am when we get into the ring and to try to develop uh, the best mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i i mean you have some some younger ones right now um and ones that you've been producing by yourself, which I think is um, so important for the industry and and something that you need to be patient with. And it's kind of a a horse case-by-case scenario. They all kind of, you know, peak or grow or mature at different times. Tell me a little bit about your string of horses that you have right now and and what are your goals for them? Yeah. Okay. My older horse at the moment is uh, is called uh, Verlano. Verlano is a horse that was off for quite a long time because he had a small injury, but the injury that took him quite a long time. Mm-hmm. He's a very good horse, like with a great mentality. I think he's going to be super for the 145, 150 level. But you know, he's been off for a while, so so I'm. We work all the team work really hard to get him back in competition. Now he's feeling great. He jumped a few shows in Ocala and he's feeling really good. Last time I showed him, he was double clear in the future pricks. And I think now looks ready to go to the next step. And I think uh, in one or two months, he's going to be ready to jump the ranking classes. And, um, you know, I'm quite excited because it became a little bit of a personal thing, you know, to get him back because it was not not that easy. You know, the, the injury that he had, it was not big, but it was just took him a while to to feel comfortable again and you know is there's, there's really big work uh, behind to to get him back uh, to competitions and I'm excited about it then then my grand prix horse at the moment is called classified he's been doing really really good this summer he was almost on the top 5 in every grand prix he jumped so he really he really went one step up and he seems really motivated. He's a fast horse. He's a competitive horse. He's always fun to go with him in the ring because, you know, always he can be in the, in the, in the money. And at the moment, he's feeling great. So, so I think 
is only 10 years old. So I think the next the next two seasons are going to be really interesting for him, mm-hmm. and I think he can he can move on one one step and and go to the bigger Grand Prix. That's awesome. What would yeah. you say? What would you say, or how would you describe your training program? What do you emphasize most in your program? Yeah, I okay. I like to for sure my horses they uh, they have to be fit, you know, and and I don't like when they're too fat or when they're not the muscles they're not in the in the right shape. Mm-hmm. I like horses fit, but also I try to work a lot on their minds, you know. I I think that the horses they have to be happy with what they are doing, and and they have to you know the the you have to build a partnership with them and they have to be your friend to because at the end you need them to to give you their best, you know. So I try to change a lot uh, the work. I don't go into the ring every day and flat work and flat work and flat work. Of course, we need to, to do flat work, but instead, you know, I try to change a little bit and like to take them in the canals and go in for a hack and do a little bit of cardio out outside the, the ring. Mm-hmm. So I try to, to, to do as many variations as I can on the, on the work, on the day-by-day work. So they can uh, stay interested every day, you know. I feel that if I go every day in the ring, they're gonna get a little bit bored, you know. Like yeah. like us, you know. You we need right. we need to change the routine a little bit, and we need to make uh, the the week interesting for them. Definitely, yeah. And I was just gonna say, I think it, that's also important for for the rider as well. How do you keep your mindset sharp? Yeah, no, use the same, you know, the same and. Also, after training, after finishing and the work, I try to do other things. After, uh, apart from horses, you know, I like, I really like uh, to practice other sports. So my day by day, I, I it's easier for me just to go running or to go to the mm. gym. But uh, I try to do it a little bit every day. You know, or I go running or I go to the gym, and then every every time I have a chance, uh, I try to practice any other sports or wherever to keep my mind fresh and to keep uh, motivated, you know, Definitely. And, and with the horses, the same, you know, I like, I like to, to try to keep them horses. I like to, that they turn out a lot. So I try to put them in the paddock every day and, you know, I, I, I like them feel horses and they, and I love when I watch them all together on the field, you know, having fun and eating grass and just being horses. I think it's important for them. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Being a top professional does not come without mistakes and lessons learned. So what would you say is maybe a mistake or a lesson, mistake you've made in your career and and how did you navigate that challenge and and work beyond it? Yeah, I don't know. I can't think about just one, you know, I do mistakes every week and, and, and I keep we can spend the weekend in the show without the mistake, but normally there's a little mistake here and there all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to try to learn about it, you know, and I think, of course, it's nice to win at the show, but the day where, where, where we make a mistake, I think we learn more probably than, than the day that where we win. Sure. The thing, the thing is the, the, the winnings, they're really important because they're really good for the, for the head, for the moral, for the confidence, for everything. So, so just, it's a really good thing about winning, you know, but also when you lose and when you have a, you know, a tough moment, you know, it makes you think about and you have a reflection and, and you try to, to learn from there and, and don't go in the same mistake. You know? 
I think sorry. I think it's more important to to focus on the on the good moments and on the bad moments. You know, we have to when you when we make a mistake. Of course, everybody makes mistakes. There's no perfect rider, but we have to to think about, learn from there, but don't get stuck. You know, in in, in on the mistake and don't be too tough to to yourself. You know, when I was younger, I used to be much tougher, but then I learned that that is something that 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 this is it comes. Uh, with the spot, you know, we, we all make mistakes and, and they're still going to happen. And, but we just have to, to deal with it, you know, learn from there and then move, move forward. About three years ago, I drew my first sketch of the ponytail hairnet. This all stemmed from having years and years of wearing hairnets. Also, having long hair, not like that matters, but I often would wear my hair down. I have a very big head. I have the largest women's Sam Shoot helmet and a ton of hair. So with all that being said, with a lot of photography and modeling with my equestrian style, I just like noticed a few things that just like didn't quite seem right when it came to the current line of hairnets in the market. I love, I really love wearing hairnets. I think it really helps an overall like classic and polished look. But whenever I wore my hair down, I noticed the inevitable blob of hairnet, the extra hairnet that just flops around in your ponytail. And I would try to tuck it in my hair tie, I would try to braid it into my braid, and it just was never quite right. So I decided to take matters into my own hands, and it started a very long journey of getting a design patent and creating a brand new product. And that is my new brand, Ellsworth. Ellsworth is an equestrian accessory brand, and my very first product is the ponytail hairnet. We just launched, and I have been absolutely absolutely overwhelmed with the response. You guys love it and I am so happy because I love it too. What makes it so different is it is not only like softer and durable and I really love the six colors we came out with, but it has the patent pending elastic lined hole at the back of your head. So basically it completely takes away the need for another hair tie. I don't know about you, but I was always that girl growing up, eh, let's be honest, still today, that does not have a hair tie around her wrist and she is going around tack trunks, asking her barn friends for an extra hair tie. Well, with this design, you don't even need a hair tie if you don't want to because the elastic lined hole at the back of the hairnet acts as your hair tie. But because of this design, what it really does is remove the excess hairnet that flops around in your ponytail. So now you can wear a hairnet and wear your hair down or up. It absolutely works if you want to wear your hair up. But either way, you do not have to worry about the excess hairnet flopping around in your ponytail. So if you would like to take a look at the ponytail hairnets, they come in a pack of two for $16.99 and they're available on my website. My website is Ellsworth Official. That's E-L-L-S-W-O-R-T-H official.com. Yeah, I think that that's such a good mindset to keep in mind and, and a good reminder because the reality of it is that, you, you know, you look at the top of the sport and 
you're not winning every time. So, you know, not winning is just an inevitable part of the sport. And so being able to continue to learn from those mistakes and, and continue on uh, beyond, you know, maybe the outcome that you weren't exactly hoping for, I think is what really shapes you into the professional that you are. Um, teamwork is also something that's so important to success in this industry. How has, uh, your team and, and teamwork in general been influential in your career? Yeah, very important. Very important. When I was younger with my parents helping me and, you know, and take me, taking me to the competitions and, and everything. And nowadays, you know, the, the sponsors, the, the owners from the horses, the grooms at the stable, the riders, you know, everybody around is really, really, really important. And that's, you know, it's um, such a complicated spot because there's so much happening behind, behind the scenes mm-hmm. that uh, we, really, we, we really need those people and motivated and, um, and working hard and giving their best to produce uh, good results at the end, you know, so... So everybody sees the nice part at the ring and jumping mm-hmm. gears and everything, but behind that there's a really, really big team working and, and giving their best for you, just for the horses to have the best life possible and then, and then to produce their best. What is something that you are looking forward to in the near future? How, how do you prepare for success in the coming months? I think uh, my horses, they're, they're still a little bit young. The, and I think all of them, they're going to give, you know, uh, um, they're going to move on the next level quite fast. So I'm just really looking forward to move to the next level with them. I think the really nice things, they're coming because we have a like, very, very nice group of horses coming. And every time also f- trying to find younger horses that they're going to, that they're going to replace the old ones or they're going to replace the ones that they, they get sold or whatever. So every time we have to be looking for horses and try to, and try to make the, 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 the string of horses stronger. You know? What would you say, are there certain things that um, sh- your horses kind of do to tell you that they're ready to kind of take that next step up in level? I like to. I don't like to move on uh, to go really fast, especially with the younger horses. You know, I mm-hmm. like to move to the next level when they, I really feel they're ready for it. So, but you know, the horses since they are young, you know, you have to build really confidence, and and it's all about building good experience on the on their minds. You know, so to me, a horse that maybe I start training at five or six years old until he gets a little bit mature which I think is after nine. Uh, from six to nine, I only try to achieve a good experience on their minds. You know, I never ask them too much and I'm never too hard with them. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think the most important is that they build um, really confident, good experience and the minds, they have to be really strong and really confident. And then, and then they're ready, you know. But, but it's, it's, you, you don't move to the 140 classes until they're happy and easy jumping the 135 classes. And the same, you know, you don't move to the ranking classes until you feel they, they're playing with the 140 classes. And of course, sometimes they can have they can have a bad jump or they can have a mistake or whatever. But at the end, every show has to be good experience for them. And every time they 
come into the ring, they have to feel that this uh, that this is good, that is nice, that they are happy, that nothing bad happens. And then when you build when the, when you build a really strong mind in a good athlete, it comes you know a super strong horse with a super mentality after nine. You know, and then and then that's the moment when you you can really ask them to jump strong classes, you know. But, mm-hmm. but at, at that point, you have horses that they've been jumping successfully three years, you know. And it doesn't matter if they jump big or if they jump small. The, the important thing is that every time they went into, into the arena, they had a good experience and that built super strong mind. And when the horse is mature, you know, you can go really fast in a jump off with a nine-year-old, made a mistake and have a crash. It's really no problem, you know. The day after the horse is going to come into the arena and, and like nothing happened because before that crash, he had 100 of of good experience in the ring. So he's going to forget so fast, you know, and he's only going to remember that he, that he knows how to go inside and jump clears and develop the best. Yeah, definitely. What would you say is something that you're passionate about in the industry that you feel people either don't talk or don't know enough about? Yeah. Okay, there's a really, really interesting thing that uh, that I'm learning now, and, and I think it's really a good thing uh, is to jump my horses without shoes. Uh, I something that I, I start to try in one of my horses uh, at the end of last year. At the beginning, I start just with one because I didn't like so much the job the farrier was doing with him and the shape that the hoofs were taking, and of course. I had seen some successful riders that they was they were trying to to jump their horses without shoes and all this. So I I was quite interesting about it. So I pulled the shoes off and I started to to learn how to trim and to to see what was the difference and how was the horse feeling with shoes and without shoes. And once I learned how to do it and one once I saw that the horse was feeling great without shoes and the horse was jumping even better without shoes, I started to to pull the shoes off from some of my other horses. And now I would say 80 or 85% of my horses, they are without shoes. Wow. And, I, you know, I'm really, really happy from when I made that decision. I'm really, I still learning because, uh, okay, we never stop learning, but this is, is totally a different thing for me. I was never, and, and before that, I, I didn't knew how to trim horses feed or, or how to make it how to make it good and uh, now i think uh, it's really interesting thing and my and my biggest motivation is why i do it is because i think it's better for them you know i think in the long term mm-hmm. horses they're going to be healthier jumping without shoes than jumping with shoes you know? huh. i think wow. they, they feel better i think the takeoff is lighter they feel lighter to move you know um, to move uh, over the fences and yeah, yeah, I think it's something they, they really don't need. Of course, we need them to jump on grass because we have to put studs, you know, to have a good grip when you sure. want to be competitive. But uh, to jump on sand uh, is something that they really don't need. Of course, you have to you have to be lead, you have to work a little bit more because you have to to check horses' feet every day and see that there's no uh, there's, the feet is not breaking anywhere. But if you take care of it a little bit, you know, it, it handles quite easy. And uh, happy horses, horses that jumping better and better every day. I think mm-hmm. is a great. I think it's a great thing for them. And I think, I think we're gonna see more and more horses in the future jumping without shoes. 
That's so cool. Yeah. I have one in my care who prefers to be barefoot and just, you can just tell he moves much more comfortably without them. Um, but then I always feel like, yeah, the biggest hurdle is, um, you know, the, the daily wear and tear, the turnout time. And, and just, you know, if, if a horse tends to be a little bit harder on their feet, you know, that's the, I guess the, the balance of making sure that you're staying on top of their, their foot care with being barefoot. Um, do you, have you noticed there being a big adjustment? Like if you are competing on grass and then if they've been barefoot and have to put shoes back on, have you noticed, um, a significant difference? No, no. Uh, I think they're they're okay. Then yeah, okay. It's easy, it's easy to put the, the shoes back and and jump a competition and then put them away, you know. But mm-hmm. now, now I see you know with my horses when after a few months the feet is getting so much stronger without shoes and the feet is uh, much healthier, you know. When you wow. when, when you when you first put the shoes off from from a horse any horse, you can see that the first centimeter of hoof is almost dead you know it goes out mm-hmm. pretty easy so so it's, it's especially at the beginning when you pull the shoes off you have to be careful because it's easier that that they gets a little bit broken you know the fit. Right. But it's especially is because that that last centimeter or that last last inch is almost dead you know yes yeah it's like really soft and it goes really easy but after a few months the, the the feet of the horse it gets the hoof gets really really strong and really hard you know and after a few months it barely uh, breaks so wow. i think i think uh, it's really a good thing for for the for to keep a healthy healthy fit right and i think yeah the, i think the more you look into understanding how a horse's foot works and the and the proper angles and the support you, know, you find how many issues stem from any of those angles or pressure points or things being slightly off and how um, a, a foot that is an imperfect balance can then, you know, so easily affect the horse's ligaments and tendons and, you know, so many things that can cause injury. So I think maybe taking, uh, having more of an understanding on that. And maybe sometimes if the, if the opportunity presents itself as a, as a horse being a good candidate for that, um, such a cool option to be able to have a horse go barefoot and, and maybe take that part out of the equation and in, in keeping more of a, a level foot and keeping that balance there and not having to worry about shoes. I think that's great. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then of course, uh, you know, the fit is, is not super flexible, but it has the small flexibility, you know, and mm-hmm. when you put the shoe on, on the, on, on the hoof, you stop that, that, um, that elasticity, you know, right. um, so when a horse is coming back from a fence on the landing, there's there's a lot of pressure there. That if the horse has a little bit of flexibility, there's there's a shock absorption uh, is is a big shock that the hooves they're gonna help to absorb. If right. if the hooves they're not allowed to absorb that shock, is the is the tendons and the soft tissues uh, over the hooves that they're gonna have to absorb. So mm-hmm. so I think it's good for all the tendons, the ligaments, and everything to be to be barefoot. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Gonzalo, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on and sharing your story. And um, I think it's 
really cool what you're doing, especially with your your young string of horses and and your approach to um, you know seeing them through to the all the way to the top of the sport. And so it's very exciting to see, and um, we'll continue to watch your journey. But I wish you all the best. Yeah, thank you very much, Mutani. It's been a pleasure uh, talking to you, and and yeah, looking forward uh, for next time. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.